I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone won who you thought would win, but some made it harder than others and Brucey gets his bonus. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Thursday, 21st of October. I'm Kit Mason. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Venetian Hunter-Raja. Bonjour, Kimesso! <laughs> Hello, mademoiselle! Mon chéri! Oh! It's a great day, aujourd'hui, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were channeling Maracani. <laughs> in fact, it is a beret. It is a beret. It is. And it is. Uh, where are your onions? It's Jim? a Breton shirt. I didn't have any onions. Um, oh. But I thought this would get the, the dig across well enough. <laughs> Do you yeah. want to explain why Vish and I are mildly French? Hi, hi, football ramble fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we spoke to Olivier Giroud a few days ago. How, and, how, and how did we speak to Olivier we, Giroud a few days spoke, ago? We spoke to him in, apparently I spoke to him in Cod French. I haven't actually heard it back. Yeah, it was oh. really fascinating. You went full Joey Bart. <laughs> Shit. Oh, oh, you say, hello, Olivier. It was brilliant. It was, it was brilliant. So I haven't actually heard it. This is obviously for a book club that <laughs> yes, you recorded. So Jim, you, you were privy to that. But I did hear the producers talking about 
if they needed to edit it. <laughs> <laughs> if you need to re-record your oh questions in English yeah. in your own accent. <laughs> so yeah, for those of you that can't see what we're doing, I'm wearing a, a stripy shirt. Vish is wearing a beret. We're, you know. And guys, you look beautiful. in us between us, you know, nearly eighty. But, you know, <laughs> but here we are anyway. <laughs> Uh, thanks, guys. French, so, Frenchmen live longer, don't they? I mm. think. Well, look, it's uh, all the smoking. People said to me on Twitter that because uh, I said it in, a, in an attempt to head off the. God, inevitable. this could have gone one or two ways. What did they say to you yeah. on Twitter? They said that it's a sign of empathy. Oh, it is a little bit. I um, when my grandparents After were still they alive, stopped laughing. Obviously, yeah. When my grandparents were still alive, and I, you know, I could speak a little bit of Tamil. When I would speak to them in English, which they had a you know a small grasp of, I would do it in a. Tamil Sri Lankan accent, mm. yeah. I wouldn't do it to somebody who speaks fluent English, though. <laughs> no. So who like you were perhaps move. interviewing about their book they had written in yeah, English. Yeah, a whole book. <laughs> well, to be fair to me, he didn't, you know, they never write to be fair them. To no, you. No, it's not <laughs> yeah. what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, less of that, actually. Uh, yeah, okay. So I was thinking what I could do is just speak in a French accent for the rest of my Please life do. and see if I could... Just get away it with out. it. Like, <laughs> that would be the most, that's the, the most British way to overcome that embarrassment. No, yeah. I normally talk like this. I'm going to talk like this for the rest of my mm. life. <laughs> Manchester United, Vish. We don't have to take the hipster fans' word for it anymore. Atalanta are wicked. Um, <laughs> but... You haven't offended enough people this week, have you? <laughs> <laughs> but final score, 3-2 for Manchester United. And um, in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's assessment of matters... He said that they played very well in the first half, which, look, I don't, obviously I'm not a football manager and, and clearly Ole Gunnar Solskjaer knows more about football than I will ever know. Probably he has more football knowledge in his little finger than I have in my entire um, body. But in my, wait, my, my yeah. exactly. Um, but that's not how it seemed to me. Vish. No. Certainly not by the scoreline, no. If you're no, one of those people that, who look, a, oh, that, look, look ba- what's the score at half time? Or is it two nil down? You know, if you're yeah. one of those, I know, but that is a bit basic. I don't know. I, I actually don't no. think the scoreline is the thing. I think the 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 yeah basicness well, is the thing. So, so there was, I suppose, the thing about the first half was that you know I missed a few chances, and then also. Atlanta had chances. And if we lived in a fair society, I think we'd all have chances, wouldn't we? We would. Um, and I thought, you know. Chances to forget. Yeah. Or, or, you look you know, lovely, by the way. <laughs> I might wear it for the whole whole show, actually, yeah. So I, I think that was his point, basically, that United could have gone into that with, you know, with goals on the on the score sheet and, you know, a lead that would have changed the game. Certainly they had quite a few openings. And we know this about Atlanta. We know, know this about Manchester United, that they're two very open sides. Um, but yeah, so I think that's what he meant. And obviously he could be, he could push a bit harder because they ended up winning the game. Mm. Yeah. I mean, a lot was made of how much space Fred and Scott McTominay had to cover on their own. Uh, in the, oh, in this the famous 4 2 4 setup. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like, Paul Scholes was kind of fuming about it as he is about so much. Um, I think he was right. Though. I know, I think he was right. It was like when you, when you sort like of see the analysis simmer, back isn't it? Would yeah, it, it was absolutely. Yeah, like a pot boiler almost. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just, it's never actually going to be ready. Yeah. It's just going to simmer away. But, um, you know, seeing, seeing it back in the analysis, it, it was really stark. It was like, I mean, yeah, I mean, so, so disjointed between the midfield and the, and the attack. And Atalanta just. I mean, it was easy for them, essentially. Yeah, yeah. You could argue that the experiment perfectly worked, though, if he was trying to do something experimental. 
didn't work out. I'm playing devil's advocate. This yeah, is kind of, kind of in the way in the way that like you know a a boxer who counter punch needs to be punched. You know yeah. Yeah. the Homer Simpson tactic. The thing I thought was the more the more shocking thing was just the errors in defence in that first in that first half. Yeah, and I, and I Karen suppose Maguire the kind of grabbing like at someone at five aside really late yeah. for that second goal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose that game. And previous games, I'm, I'm thinking specifically of Southampton and West Ham last season. Uh, there have been snapshots of, uh, you know, Solskjaer under Manchester United. Uh, sorry, Kate's losing herself here. But they've <laughs> the been fucking better. Right. <laughs> oh, <right, yeah. laughs> but they, uh, so there have been snapshots of United under Solskjaer, whereby you know you concede early, and then it's more or less all out attack in the second half, yes. and then. You know that this was quite an extreme version of that because it ticked all the, you know, all the stereotypical Man Unitedisms that Solskjaer tried to prey on. Those big European nights, comebacks, Ronaldo. Oh, you know, it's all there. But I, I think within that, there's, you know, you can leave that game yesterday and not have learned anything new about Manchester United. Yeah. And you'll always have this thing of that first half, as Scholes was saying yesterday should be taken in isolation as where the problems are and that second half where United's strengths are. The only thing is, it's clearly they can't find a way to harness all that attacking stuff with making them more defensively robust. Mm. And there's also a sense that Solskjaer probably doesn't want to do that anyway because if he did, he he would have signed a defensive midfielder or he would have developed a way that McTominay and Fred wouldn't have to put out so many fires. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird thing where we're no further, you know, a lot of the journalists yesterday who were covering the game were like, I'm just writing the same fucking piece. Again. Absolutely, but yeah. I, but actually, should it not be even more damning in the sense that, like, um, Demirel, let's not forget, Demirel had to go off. They're, the guy who yeah. is, like, they're holding it all together, celebrating his blocks like he'd scored the winning goal, you know, re- really bringing beast mode from Bergamo. You know, he, he yeah. was, like, core to everything. Yeah. They've then got to put on... You know, a guy who's obviously a great player under 21's Italy player, Matteo Lovato, but he's a he's a he's a kid effectively yeah. who's been put into that position in, into one of these big in, like cauldrons of European football. Yeah, and Demirel went off. Uh, I just think yeah. it would have been entirely different. Okay, obviously this is one of these impossible things to say, but I just think if he hadn't had to go off, the whole thing would have been completely different. Yeah, but it's, I think it's one of those weird things with Solskjaer, isn't it? That like. Even this seems to have lost its sheen. It used to be the case that like they'd go on a good run and be like, oh, they're putting something together now. They'd lose some stupid games and then his job would look like it was under threat and then he'd pull out a big win like this. But now everyone's sort of like, it's a bit like the Wizard of Oz, isn't it? You see him behind the curtain. It's like, oh, it sort of always does this. And like they shouldn't have been in this situation in the first place to have to pull it back like this, especially at home with all those caveats that you've just talked about. And it looked and like it wasn't players, going to be their the night. key players for Absolutely. Atlantic, or five maybe even, who weren't there. I mean, Rashford had a few chances before he scored. I think his goal was actually the hardest of them, really, mm. in a way. And it was really nice to see him pull that one out. But yeah, yeah it just like, I don't know, this... It, it's a 3-2 win after being 2-0 down at half-time. It should be something where we're all going, that was amazing, wasn't they brilliant? But it doesn't... Or weren't they brilliant? Um, sorry, I'm speaking in a second language. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it just... It's it's a weird one. Solskjaer spiking us after the game made me laugh. I'm increasingly... We see this from players and from managers. And 
where they're just they seem like quite bored with the idea of media training and like obviously we spoke to Olivier Giroud recently and like when you speak to more footballers you realise what the kind remind of, me the what bubble, happened then <laughs> but the football bubble between the media bubble is quite a separate thing isn't it yeah, and like, you yeah. can see the frustration sometimes where a player or a manager they've just just finished the game they want to get off and get changed and just get on with their lives but first they've got to speak to a nerd like they've got to have a little uh, yeah. chat with a nerd, yeah. got to justify themselves to a nerd while the world watches and then they can get on with it. And Solskjaer last night was like, oh, I, I just can't be bothered with this. Yeah. And I can't I think, be having this again. I think there's also the awareness from him that people are, are gunning for him more mm. than before. And I suppose, you know, with with that atmosphere yesterday, with the fact that obviously he was, there were boos at half time, there were a lot of people applauding him when he walked off. They were singing his name yeah. when he was doing that post-match at BT. I think... <laughs> To speak for Manchester United fans at this point, there's yeah, very much kind of two different camps here. There is obviously the camp where, you know, he's tactically naive. He doesn't set his teams up well or at all. And you see that against teams, you can shift the ball quickly. And I'm not even talking about Manchester City or Liverpool, who United you know, face on the weekend. But as we've seen, yeah, Atalanta, Villarreal, teams like that. Teams who United... I wouldn't say expect to be, but certainly our favourites going into those games are chasing the ball for most of it. Yeah, And then you've also got the other side who, you know, of United fans who see Solskjaer, someone who's playing the most engaging football since not just Sir Alex Ferguson, but a couple of years you know, before the end of Sir Alex Ferguson. Um, and you're also in this situation where I think I think they're allowed to get off the to go off the leash because it was two 0 at half time. I think mm. if it was one 0 it's a different game. Yeah, but because it's two 0 you can kind of you know take the silencer off and throw on the big guns basically. Um, and now you know you see that. And I don't know. It's hard not to get carried away with games like that. I know you, you you're right in what you say. It's become a regular thing, but like teams don't really come down from two 0 down at half time, and it's. No. It is quite exciting. Like for all my um, criticisms of Solskjaer, I was watching yesterday thinking, "Fuck, this is brilliant!" Like objectively, mm. out, of, out of context to, to everything else, as far as entertainment and quality of football goes, this is magnificent. As someone who couldn't give a shit about defence, yeah. I loved it. <laughs> um, but there is obviously then you come back to it and Skull, what Skulls was saying. Yeah, if they, if Liverpool have a third of the caliber of the chances that Atalanta had. They'll batter them. They'll mm. absolutely batter them. The only mitigating thing against that is the fact that Solskjaer does have a good record in these big games. Yes, and it never goes that way, does it? You, no, you always no. kind of like try and put two and two together to essentially predict the future, and it rarely actually works out that it's four. I'm sure it won't be like a four-nil win to Liverpool, which at the same time now I've said that probably means it will be. But, <laughs> yeah, um, Liverpool, they're hosting them at Old Trafford on Sunday. Um, Liverpool have scored three or more goals in every away game this season. That, I mean, that's that's fun, crazy. Fun fact. Uh, and on the other hand, Manchester United have kept one clean sheet in their last 20 games, 12 games without a clean sheet at Old Trafford. That's their worst run since the 60s. But hey, like Fish says, he doesn't care about defence. So I can't. No, no, I, can I, I don't care about defence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you, Vish, don't yeah. care about defence. And football fans probably don't, in many cases, care about defence. As they say, no one wants to be Gary Neville, right? Yeah. Paul Scholes says, I am miserable, so I will be miserable. We were poor. He was amazing last night. <laughs> he was absolutely brilliant. Like a lot of people think he's dour and like you know too miserable, but I'm all for that. That's his character. Is he's, he's you know settling in to be one of the top curmudgeon pundits, if you ask me. Mm. But I don't understand why he like he made his point and they kept asking him, yeah, but like what? And he's like, no, but like I've said, said what I've yeah, said, over yeah. And over. Like they it's, kept going at him again. It's it's funny. Funny. He got time to fill, and he's very expensive. Isn't it the case though that like it's so weird with 
with both Skulls and, and Oli Gunnar Solskjaer in that like Solskjaer's defence and Skulls' criticism are often the same thing in like a slightly different tone, which is just like, it's Man United. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good point. Um, also last night, getting the win were Chelsea. They beat Malmo 4-0 at home. Uh, some, oh, Andreas Christensen getting his first goal for Chelsea. What a goal too. What a goal. A couple of um, penalties for Jorginho put away. Kai Havertz as well, getting one just after half time. It, I was going to say this is like, the ultimate kind of professional example of a professional win, right? But can it be that, Jim, if you're one of your main or possibly two of your main goal scoring threats, although Timo Werner's massive miss early doors might add fuel to the fire that he isn't. But anyway, uh, him and Lukaku both injured yeah. uh, in that game and, and Tuchel says they may be out for some time. So can that still be a professional win if you've accidentally lost your main attacking threat? Yeah, well, it certainly comes at a cost, doesn't it? But... Um... Yeah, I mean, I, just, I find it very difficult to kind of have too much sympathy. It's sorry, there's the <laughs> vicious put the um, beret back on, sorry, and it, it it's all gone to, to chaos. Um, yeah, I think that will probably be all right. If you look at Hudson Odoi coming on, he, he did incredibly well. Kai Avertz um, came on as well and, and, yeah, and, and scored. Like they they are built to weather this, aren't they? This is the thing with these these modern sort of super squads. Uh, it's the same with Man City as well. Like um, obviously, any any team is going to struggle without two of your main goal threats like that. But of all the teams that are going to be able to handle it, I think Chelsea are right up there. So it's like, it's not too much of a crisis, I would argue. Yeah, that's true. Elsewhere, Bayern pummeled Benfica 4-0 in Lisbon. I believe our Andy Brussel was there to bring mm. us the scandal. Um, I, don't, uh, I don't know if he managed to get hold of Benjamin Pavard, but he's been, he's been saying some really... He's been honest and authentic, I would say, in the press this week. He says, great coaches put me at right back because they have confidence in my abilities. It is not because of my beautiful eyes or my hair. On paper, Pavard is... Oh, third person, shame. Is perhaps less sexy than Hakimi or Alexander-Arnold. But I think that defensively, I am more complete. A lot to unpack there. <laughs> Football's really... quite horny at the moment, it isn't is, it? It is, isn't it? It's really, um, it's, it's really confident, isn't it? Yeah. I think, but I think maybe... Oh, he's making a feature of himself being not fit, basically. No, no, but he's saying like, oh, I'm... I think he's like pushing... You know, you can't say you've got beautiful eyes and hair and then be like, oh, you know, maybe I'm not as sexy... I think he's, he's. Oh, he's no, but he's not. He's I waiting for someone to come out and be like, "No, no, no, you're Benjamin. Come on, Benjamin, you are." Yeah. It sounds like he's like had a few drinks, doesn't it? And he's starting to get a bit like solipsistic at the so end of the night. So he's not saying he's. I think he's saying he's not got beautiful eyes or hair. Or you no, think it's he's not because of into... my beautiful eyes. He's saying this is why he plays right back. That he doesn't. He's obviously not as forward thinking uh, or like forward playing as Trent Alexander Arnold or Hakimi. But he. Um, he plays there because he's defensively robust and he's not just a pretty thing, you know, right. being put in place like an ornament. And you can play, but you could play pretty football without being a pretty, pretty lad. No, but it does help, doesn't it? It just helps the general aesthetic. Yeah. If your opponent is swooning, yeah. then it gives you a little bit of an advantage, doesn't it? can be quite distracting, isn't Incremental it? Incremental marginal gains, you know? Do you think so? Yeah. If someone was trying to, if he was like trying to push someone and they were like just like running their hands through his hair. <laughs> He could go down, claim a foul, couldn't he? Yeah. Mimicking his accent. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> in the Europa League, Leicester came back from 2-0 down to beat Spartak Moscow 4-3 in the end in Moscow at 3.30 in the afternoon. Getting used to these sort of dentist appointment situations. Pats and Dakar definitely is. He scored all four, including the fastest hat-trick in Europa League history, taking just nine minutes at the start of the second half. 
He's now Leicester's joint top goal scorer in European history. What a player he is. Just yeah. got his first Premier League goal on the weekend against United. Yeah, and now he's, now he's banging him in for fun. That's good news for Leicester. Also, um, Jordan Larson, Henrik Larson's son, played and scored in that game as well. So that's, that's nice, isn't it? He looks like him as well. I mean, obviously, he's his, he is his kid. But like, it's like it is <laughs> like, right, like a regen. Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> James Madison um, had a decent game as well. Yeah, it was quite nice to see him in the classy assist mm, yeah. pulling the strings again yeah. Get, getting back to business yeah so Dakar's place for Zambia and signed for 23 million last summer and he says his hero is Jamie Vardy I don't know in what respect specifically but I well, s- probably football let's assume football <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair enough um, Vish before we move on to the break uh, I think you need to we need to bring you in as our social correspondent on Meet the Acardis. Could you just give us any updates you might have? Yeah, so from James Madison to Ashley Madison. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I don't know why I've become the Acardi correspondent. I'm, it's because you're just good at it. The if the hat fits. Yeah, <laughs> and it doesn't. Um, so, yeah, so we talked about Acardi on, on Wednesday's show and about the, the nonsense with Wonder Acardi. And then we thought the fire alarm had got us the big news, the breaking big news of Steve Bruce's exit, mm. realised that actually an hour later, news came through that <laughs> Maracardi had unfollowed all the uh, unfollowed all accounts on Instagram apart from Wanda. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. yeah, it's absurd. So I went through his account. So he's got following now. If you go into his Instagram, he's following just one just person. Just one person. That is his, that is, that is yeah. his wife. It's so- sounds like a condition, doesn't it? Yeah, well, no, it, but, I think he's trying to. Oh, do you think so? Yeah, because I think he, because um, you know, the thing yesterday was he went through, Wanda went through his phone and found these, you know, messages from people he shouldn't have been messaging. Um, and I wonder if a few of those messages would have come through Instagram DM. Yeah, almost certainly. Which is that's, why he would that's have where to. They go. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, yeah, so he just follows her. I went through his account and he, um, as someone who's currently wearing a stupid hat, he, um, he has a comical hat and Kate you mentioned this actually you, you drew my attention to it yeah well like I and thought it was a look that I didn't know about but you're telling me you no, think it's I a gift think, from Wanda I think it's a gift from Wanda I like think a it's mocking a, gift no but I, but I think it's um, so got some, a tracking device in it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like the Homer Simpson hat with, a, <laughs> yeah. with the camera I actually think what it is I think it's a hat that she knows is rubbish and is forcing him to wear it because it takes him down a peg or two yeah and I also think he's wearing it as a sign of his trust that he's like, no, no, because you bought it for me, so I'll, I'll wear it always. Yeah. And they both know what's going on here. It's like a hat of devotion. It has, yeah, it's, it's a it's a test of a hat, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but he's wearing it all the time, and it looks looks absurd. And as one of our producers pointed out, he's got really good hair, so he shouldn't be wearing a hat that regularly. Yeah. Well, maybe Wanda wants the hair just for herself. Maybe, yeah. I mean, we we forgot about this as well, but obviously, you know. That's very Saudi relevant, isn't it? <laughs> well, he um, he um, he met Wanda while she was married to his teammate um, Maxi Lopez, with whom she has three children. And we didn't realise until today, or I'd completely forgotten that Acardi has a tattoo of Maxi Lopez's kids, which yeah. is, I would imagine, is probably quite controversial in Maxi Lopez's head. Controversial. I mean, I I would go further than controversial. It, bit bit yeah. intrusive, maybe. Yeah, that's it's quite some flex, isn't it? They're a hell of a. It's a hell of a story. This more as we get it, Avish. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, more next week. <laughs> no, I think. Well, the exciting thing is, I think. Are you not on tomorrow? I am. Yeah. So join us for episode three of. <laughs> 
meet the Accardis. We have to we have to interview him for Ramble Meets. Yeah, absolutely. We? Yeah. How's your Spanish accent? <laughs> <laughs> For much more of this kind of now bullshit, it won't be this kind of chat on on the continent, will it? For much more useful European football chat, get over to Football Ramble Presents today's on the continent. It's Dotten Lars Siverton and Andy Annie's fresh back from Portugal. They're going to be discussing the favourites at the halfway point of the group stages. There's an update from Whispering Claude in France. Get over to Football Ramble Presents for that. All right, we're going to a break now, and when we get back, these guys. We'll hopefully not still be wearing berets. See you in a minute. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Hello, I'm Hazel Hayes. And I'm Sheehan Todd. And welcome to our brand new podcast, We're Not Fucking Historians. It sounds like I'm saying we're not fucking historians. Yeah, we're saying we're not experts. We're not historians ourselves. Not that we're not having sex with historians. No historians getting fucked on this pod. Zero historians getting fucked on this podcast. We are, in fact, your alternative guide to Irish history. Every week we prize open the history books and find a new tale from the Emerald Isle's colourful past. We're exploring Ireland's traditions, its rich heritage and its long, proud history of being invaded by literally anyone with a boat. 
The Vikings were showing up at the monastery and where's that booty? The earliest booty it's call. <laughs> it's the booty call you didn't want. <laughs> 50 Scandinavian Vikings showed up. Or our biggest celeb, St. Paddy. He says he prayed up to 100 times a day and sometimes during the night. <laughs> That's what a five-year-old would say. I prayed 100 times, I swear. Patrick also said he was fastest in his slippers. <laughs> He's a fucking belly bullshitter. <laughs> if, like us, you're the kind of person who's interested in history, but not so interested that you'd go read a book about it or listen to actual experts, then this is the show for you. This is history done differently, with a couple of facts and plenty of crack. So, join us on our journey through Ireland's past. Search We're Not Historians on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember... We're not, we're fucking, not fucking historians. <laughs> Sorry, I was far too fast there. We're Not Fucking Historians is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hold on, please, Gary. Hold on, please, everybody. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. Me, Jim and Vish in your ears. This lovely whatever time of day it is for you. Now it's time for some emails. Gavin Cook has been in touch. He says, I've had a couple of odd driving instructors. One was a good instructor, but he did think smoking a pipe while instructing me was appropriate. Not sure how much I learned with him, as it was difficult to see the road through clouds of smoke. (laughs) Although thinking back, I suppose I could have pretended I was a contestant on Stars in Their Eyes. Again, probably not that useful uh, a context in which to learn to drive. Anyway, the instructor I wrote in about used to toot and swear under his breath when I made a mistake, and it was very stressful and off-putting. One day, I'd had enough. So I just pulled over and said, look, mate, the big L on the roof means I can't fucking drive. He then asked if I'd like to step out of the vehicle for a fight. <laughs> he was a big fella, so I just told him to fuck off and stormed off down the street. <laughs> Unbeknownst to me, the street was a cul-de-sac. So I, so I had to turn back around and storm past him again. He then followed me in the car, asking if I still wanted the scrap. He so kindly offered minutes earlier. Safe to say that was my last lesson with him. I got a new instructor and learned more in three weeks than I did in six months with fighty driving man. I passed my test soon afterwards. That sounds terrifying. Oh, congrats. Gavin, glad you got a. Glad you didn't have to fight him. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that man should really be teaching people to drive. It seems he, a bit aggressive. He could it? have had like a like a standoff with him where they just rocks up in his car. It's like ah, yeah. you know, there's almost like a karate kid element to it. Yeah, yeah. he's gone away, learned to drive elsewhere, so he's got his own car to hit his car with. But the thing well, is, you're like paying. Car. You're yeah. paying for... you spent clearly. You spent money on a car he doesn't mind smashing up, which yeah. would be quite intimidating. You're paying for lessons there. He's paying. So effectively, that guy is like a service provider. Yeah. Who is then fight? Who is then trying to fight? And by the sounds client. of it, trying to provoke him as well. <laughs> Man has a maniac. If you've been, if you, you know, if, if anyone else has learned with this man, let us know. Oh, I want to know more. Fish has got one that people might have learned from. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, James in Auckland is emailed in. Um, I obviously won't be alone in this, but I was given driving lessons from former Aston Villa European Cup winner <laughs> Alan Evans. What? Football's different now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, imagine getting a lesson from like Kante. Yeah. <laughs> 
Why don't you just, why don't you just so walk? Nice. Why don't you just walk? <laughs> just run. Yeah. Um, being a Villa fan in Cornwall was pretty rare, so when I found out Alan was giving out driving lessons in my hometown, there was no other place I was going. Many a story of how shit some players were at training or how footballers turned soft would go by as we cruise the streets of Plymouth. Anywho, one quote will always stick with me, and it's one of, one of a few of my mates' quote as well. Anytime you were rough with the gear stick, he say in his thick Scottish accent, easy with a stick pole. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind that. I quite yeah. like that. Yeah. About, you know, there was Fisher's ass talk last week that Jules was perplexed by, and I, I mean, that's much more wholesome. Mm. Yeah. I think it's, that was quite a nice way to, I think, wrap the driving instructor yeah. chat probably for now. Weird breed. On the football ramble. I had uh, a good driving instructor. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was just like, Good, nice. Yeah. Oh, what sort still, of story is that? Still messaged me Happy New Year every year. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. That is, I suppose you should bring in a bit of balance there. Yeah. To the what? driving instructor, to the endless, like, slightly Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Thing. yeah. Um, we love it when you get in touch with us. So keep the emails coming in. Show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble. Now it's time for the farewells. To, in fact, maybe you should send your emails in to say farewell to Steve Bruce because I feel like he didn't get enough of a send off from, from you guys and Pete yesterday. 27 months of Bruce later, he has gone. We thought we'd spend a bit of time reflecting on that today and considering really his achievements over that, that era. He certainly stayed up, didn't he? They went to twice, yeah. They yeah. went to twelfth at one point, and um, <laughs> and yeah, he made seemingly none of the fans happy. Yeah, when I accidentally stumbled into this by sort of t- lamely echoing people who said he was sort of quite nice to Pete, I think we really cut into the heart of the experience of being a Newcastle yeah, fan. Yeah, I mean, it's been, and that's been the case with him him leaving as well. I mean, Alison Maximan posted a really nice tweet, which I'll just read now, which said, you are without a doubt one of the most gentle people that I've ever met in the world of football. You've been a man of your word, a caring man and a fair man who never hesitated to protect us. I will never forget how you treated me. For that, I will be forever grateful. And the replies to it are really de- depressing. It seems like any sort of oh. call for empathy for, for Bruce has been has acted as a sort of clarion call for more abuse. And it's, it's all like seven wins in 30 that, net spend that. But there's been no like allowing for for Steve Bruce just being a human being who's clearly very upset by the situation and I know like you know he he spent a lot of money that Rafa Benin has didn't have and like nobody really wanted him there and it's been really really horrible but it's like I found it really depressing to see that like the human side of it just be completely ignored for all of these these grievances to constantly be aired afterwards and obviously not every Newcastle fan is like that and obviously Twitter is a bad representation of, of the human race in general but it's just it's been a really toxic situation and it is the best for everyone involved that it's over now but it's a shame that it's ended in such a such an undignified manner for him really I don't think it ended that way I mean I think it's been like that for quite a while and I think also yeah of course I completely see what you're talking about in terms of abuse and obviously we spoke about this many many times on the ramble like it's just completely uncalled for to to abuse anybody in any way in any job when they're just like at work it's, it's just horrible obviously um the the thing i suppose on the newcastle side of, of the fans is of course they've been living it in a lot more depth than we have of course, yeah. and there's this very much um this i guess looking back at some of the things that have come out particularly now in the kind of retrospectives um that he sort of seems to of course people saw him as Ashley's man which is never going to help you yeah, in the eyes yeah. of the supporters but he also seems to come up across in some way as a kind of part-time ambivalent manager Vish you hear these sort of stories about him coming back late from his holiday and people looking for other 
people they they going back to their old clubs to do their professional training exercises because there's just didn't feel like there was any setup at Newcastle to do that. Right, yeah. Um I, I suppose in that way like he was always a bit of a throwback and you mentioned the you know the, it's the attitude towards him from Newcastle fans had been there from the start. I think it would have been for any other manager that took over after Benitez given how loved Benitez was by Newcastle fans and also you know how how much Benitez did with very little. Um and now obviously you know, fast forward two years and set that against what Bruce spent, as Jim, I think you mentioned before. Yeah, like the grievances are there. I also think, you know, the same Maximan thing and the Newcastle fans replying to it is also reflective of that player fan bubble. Yeah. Whereby, you know, same Maximan was, you know, the only consistent attacking threat under Bruce. And I suppose he gave him a free reign to be as involved as he wanted to be. And luckily for Newcastle fans, that was a lot. Yeah. Um, and so I can I can totally understand why Saint Maximum sees Bruce as, as an ally in, in that regard. The the Ashley stuff was always gonna be a huge issue, especially when it became abundantly clear early on that Bruce wasn't gonna push back on anything above him. Whereas that was Benitez was you know, by the end of Benitez's tenure, he it was quite public, wasn't it? He would talk often about how there was this disconnect between not just Ashley but the board above him and what he wanted to achieve with the club. And yeah, I mean, the the one thing I'll say about Bruce, and I've mentioned this before, is that he did take advantage of that situation beyond like, obviously, you know, anyone offers you a job, you're going to take it. It's a big job to have. I know people term it as a poison chalice, but to be a local guy as Bruce was and to have the opportunity to get it right, that would have been, you know, a huge thing for him to do. I think he was wildly out of his depth from the start, mm. but I can understand why he took it. I then think how he retained it and how he, you know, he was almost trying to, tell Newcastle fans that they were deluded. And I and I think he was playing into the wider theme that other fans, or the wider view of other, that other fans have of Newcastle fans is that they think that they should go and win the league. They don't necessarily no, don't, think they should go, yeah, they don't, don't think that. No, they don't. They just it? want better football. They want something to entertain them on a Saturday when yeah. they give up, you know, not just time and money to watch drudge. the game. They yeah. want it to feel, they want to feel like there's some sort of progress available to them. And I think that they want, they want to feel something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, when when you've got an owner like Mike Ashley, who's like had them standing still for such a long time, yeah, the frustration of that must be like just through the roof, essentially. Like, uh, there's a similar, but obviously not as not yet as disastrous situation with the Cronkers at Arsenal. So I sort of I do sympathise with that. That that sense of just complete inertia, yeah, it, it will drive you mad eventually. Yeah, and then like it, it's a bit there at Manchester United under the Glazers, but the difference is Manchester United are spending money getting yeah, players like exactly. Sancho and Pogba and bringing Ronaldo back, so that you do get that on-field excitement. Whereas Newcastle, it was it was nothing really. Yeah, yeah, he leaves. Uh, Newcastle winless this season, three points drift of safety, and they've conceded, interestingly, more than anyone else. Um, yeah, he said, I mean, he has had said some sad stuff, which you kind of referenced, Jim. I think it might be my last job. It's been very, very tough to never really be wanted, to feel that people wanted me to fail and saying that I would fail, that I was a useless, a fat waste of space. Listen to the show last week, didn't he? A yeah. tactically inept cabbage head. Yeah. The squad were also oh. calling him Mike Bassett behind his back. Yeah, I mean, he's, he'd lost the dressing room, hadn't he? But clearly a long time ago, that <laughs> yeah. happened. This is all it this is conflict about, yeah. you know, how he left them out to dry, about not passing on his instructions yeah. and various other bits. Oh, yeah. Also, I mean, it's, you know, obviously we're, we're calling for empathy. He, he did a terrible job. Like, <laughs> yeah. that, that is, that those two things can coexist, absolutely. 
And I think that's just what happens here. It's like yeah, you can retain your humanity, humanity while criticizing. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And it's yeah, I mean, it's it makes sense for them to just do it now, doesn't it? There's absolutely no point in like being sentimental about it if, if Newcastle want to improve now that they've got all this finance. There's absolutely no point in just waiting around thinking, oh, let's just like you know, just out of respect or out of dignity or or whatnot. They they obviously want to just like crack on with the new regime as quickly as possible. Well, I think the reverse has happened though, because if that was the case, it would have been much better if he'd been sacked before the before the Spurs game on the weekend. No, because I mean, you know, it's a few games. No, but it? it makes a di- it does make a difference. Like the it's it, one game. No, but it did in terms... I mean, obviously, it would have been hard for it to be like a lovely, charming exit anyway, but there was something really rancorous, I thought, around the stadium in that, yeah. in that game and just in that context about. and the way that he wasn't... You know, it was clear that he... All the, the fight he then had with the pre, in the press conference, that yeah. it was clear he was obviously the deadest of dead men that, walking. That's but. easy to say with hindsight, though, isn't it? It's not like yeah, they could just, have announced the takeover mm-hmm. and then go, oh, by the way, Bruce, is sacked. Mm, I don't know. I think it could have been handled better. Um, people linked uh, with the job include Paolo Fonseca. Um, do we feel like the former Roma Shakhtar Donetsk and uh, Braga coach has got plenty of specialism in relegation scraps? Which... It pisses me off. <laughs> As a supporter of a banter club, and I'm sure you'll agree with me on this, Kate, the idea of Newcastle being taken out of the banter club league is a disaster. Yeah. Like we have, yeah. th- they've been our bread and butter for years on this show. This affects us as well. No one's talking about this. <laughs> no. It's it's the Simpsons mean have come join us, isn't it? <laughs> on the couch. Yeah. On the couch of banter. Yeah. Oh, what does that what does that mean? Do you, are you two you know, your two respective sides, are they gonna have to do a bit more heavy lifting? I think do you have we to probably kind of, will, yeah. Do you have to well maybe you have to go out and, and try and court more banter clubs? This, I think yes. the, the, the slapstick yeah. nature the of Newcastle. Everton are always there, Everton yeah. always there thereabouts, aren't they? I don't I don't I don't feel it with from Everton though. I don't I don't quite feel it. Someone's gonna have to step up. Mm. Maybe Sunderland will have to get promoted yeah. again and then become a disaster from a position of, you know, success. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, other managers under consideration, apparently, including Lucien Favre, Roberto Martinez, Frank Lampard and, and Wayne Rooney is apparently interested. Tonight, <laughs> plenty more football to come for you. West Ham up against Genk. Vitesse versus Spurs. In that Spurs game, none of the 10 outfield players that played against Newcastle at the weekend have travelled to Vitesse. Not a single one. What are they doing instead, do you think? Piss up. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Some sort of conditioning. No time. I hope. Some sort of team bonding exercise, you know, like the one where you've got to, you're all on a raft and someone's got to make the decision of how you, no, you haven't done that one. Get the chicken and the grain and the (laughs) box over. Or the thing where you like balance up cereal boxes or whatever to create some sort of stable. What do you do with your friends? (laughs) It's like corporate teamwork. That's what you do with your friends, corporate teamwork. Yeah. No. Well, she went on she went to Spain and did a holiday of just walking. You You guys have never had like serious jobs, have you, in your whole life? I had a sort of serious job for a bit. Did you not do any corporate teamwork building exercises? Uh, We had training courses that were called mind gyms. Is that corporate enough for you? Oh wow. There we fucking go. What did you do in your mind gym? Uh, Jokes on you. I didn't go. Um, (laughs) this is ITV, by the way. So it's very corporate media y wanky sort of thing. Long time ago. I can't believe you've never tried to work out how to get off a raft. <laughs> well, I can't swim. I, I would never get in a raft. I fall in. It's a fictional raft. It's like an imaginary raft. So you don't even get to do the raft bit? No, it's like you stand on the floor, you mark out the raft and you make it it's a sort of a debate about who would the you leave on the raft. <laughs> okay. This is what you do with your friends. No, no, not my friends. The corporate hellhole that is I this escaped why you, Is this why you want to be French? From. 
Uh, no. Because they have more fun than deciding. They're not even, at least they get real rafts. I'm getting the sense that it might be time to get out of here. If you know about this sort of corporate training, please get in touch. Show at footballramble.com and prove that I'm not out of my mind. All right, uh, Gems and Vitushin, thank you so much for coming in. Nice to see you. Like your hat. I'm not going to let you say goodbye tomorrow. <laughs> it's, oh God, it's you again, Vish. And it's me and it's Luke. Thanks for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. Marshall, The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.